G'day and welcome to the Fifth Quarter Podcast, episode 18, The Gov Shove and the Head, But I Didn't Mean It. Uh, once again... <laughs> yeah, right. Now. Sorry, guys. Head, but I didn't mean it. I didn't really fly well, but we'll go with it. Once again, I'm here with Brent, the why did the chair and the fence get in the way, West Coaster? <laughs> Hello. And then Ben, the belted after quarter time bomber. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> I'm Nathan, and we're your fifth quarter team. It was a massive end to the bye weekends in tipping. And I mean massive because a certain someone has taken the chocolates for the round, and we both we all know who that is. It's hey? me. <laughs> Friends finished the week with five out of six, only being let down by the other West Australian side. Um, yeah, and as I said, if I tip, if I tipped Melbourne, Freo would have won. Yes, yeah, right, basically. So just to shit yeah. me. So <laughs> I, I really don't like him this week. <laughs> yeah. but, but you've he's he's finished on top with a with a big handy five, only one point ahead of Sexy Stone Ben, myself, and Michael, who all scored four. Mike was making a bit of a charge from uh, the lower depths of the ladder. Uh, but overall, we've got Paul, who remains first after forgetting to tip the first game. Um, <laughs> well done, Paul. Too much, too much, I guess, probably excitement to the rest of the field. Um, myself in second. Ben is uh, coming up to third, as he's been for a while, and Raj rounds out the top four. So, hanging on to that third spot. That's, that's mine. Bronze is my medal. So, so Ben's still hanging on to that podium, and Brent is three spots behind him in sixth. Oh, well, I just got to um, just got to Bradbury my way to the end. <laughs> yeah, well, we got. You <laughs> I'll, gotta, I'll you probably collapse and yeah, take some people out with me. So you got to <laughs> slide past Justin in fifth and try and hold off Ashley, Jobbo, and Michael, who are right behind you. Yeah. Cool. Keep so, tipping the offset. <laughs> right, got it. <laughs> Oh, well, as always, we're proudly brought to you by Podcast Central and Survival First Aid Kits. Once again, a reminder that Survival First Aid Kits are having an end of financial year clean out with 50% off. That's 50% off, about the same amount that the WA teams are hoping Tim Kelly's contract demands drop by after his horror weekend in Adelaide. (laughs) Survival First Aid have helped millions of customers worldwide to prepare the workplace, the family car, the boat, the caravan, and many other situations to react when something goes wrong. In Survival First Aid Kits, everything has its place and it's labelled, colour-coded, marked with the quantity, and carefully selected as to maximise efficient use of space. Head to survivalfirstaidkits.net.au and at the checkout, use the code FIFTHQUARTER, all one word, to claim 10% off. When you're a part of the team with, with Survival First Aid Kits, Unlike Jaden Stevenson, you can bet on their results. <laughs> Leave us a review Second on the Facebook. Right. <laughs> oh, did we hit him last week? <laughs> well, not in the ad read, but I mean, yeah, there was a twenty-minute hit on him last week. Who deserves it? Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah he, made, he made a blue. <laughs> So for anyone listening, um, for all of you listening, actually, we know you're coming to us throughout the week and at different stages of the week. So please feel free to hit us up on Facebook, leave us a review, tell us how you think the show's going, give us your thoughts, your questions, and general compliments won't be rejected either. Um, so lads, we're back on the home straight and the round is just finished. The buys are out of the way. Who are your heroes and villains for the last buy round? 
Well, I'll go first because mine are uh, sort of semi semi serious because I didn't really have a strong hero or villain either way. So my hero this week, oh my hero and villain, they both they're related to the tribunal. I think it was last night or it was Monday, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Monday night. Monday night. Yeah. Yeah. So my hero is Jay Lockhart for upholding the the players' code. So clear headbutt from Michael Walters, but he didn't mean it. And um, oh, even though, yeah, even though Jay Lockhart threw his head back and grabbed his head, stood up for his mate Michael Walters and said, "Oh, it was more the shock, and I didn't really feel feel any pain, and I'd hate to see him suspended for it." And yeah. as we know, players' evidence holds a lot of, a lot of sway in tribunal deliberations. Yeah. yeah, so just get on Jay Lockhart for upholding the the unofficial, I guess, players' code. And um, my villain was West Coast's tribunal defence for not having one. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> so basically they went in and McGovern said, oh, no matter where it was on the field, I would have done the same thing. Yeah. And now that was yeah. pretty much it. And if it wasn't, you know, if it wasn't for the chair, he wouldn't have hit the fence head first, which is true. But once the AFL have already decided that that's not good enough, you can't really say it again. <laughs> Expect to uh, get your suspension overturned. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. just think, for a club that waited up for three days, they didn't do a whole lot of, I guess, weighing up. Yeah, I... I I'm still one wasn't entirely sure how they were going to defend that anyway. Simply because he was getting like I I don't really like the suspension myself, but the push was he was going out of the boundary. He was like well he was got, was going out of the like, out towards the boundary line anyway. McGovern pushes him, so he's definitely out of the boundary line and then ends up hit, hitting it. Like and the result it ends up being what it is. Yeah. And as we all know the result is what the AFL care about. Yeah, they don't care about anything else. Yeah, so I'm not exactly sure how he was going to defend that anyway. I think they could have said that, uh, for me, looking at it, I, I feel like he could have just body-checked him and kind of, yeah, that would have been enough to put him out over the line. But that follow-through motion is what killed him. And and yeah. well, I, I guess the outcome is what killed him, but the, the emotion was, just seemed a little excessive for where he was. Yeah, I think it was might have been like a poorly worded defence because you're allowed to push players in the side. No, you're allowed to use that pushing action. And I think what they were trying to get at was that's how we would have done it if they were, you know, 10, 30 metres in from the boundary. Yeah. And it, it would have been fine. But, yeah, it was – the initial bump was, what, a metre in, half a metre in? Ooh, and I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, it was like the extra push when Guelphie had landed, I think, which yeah. pushed him over the line. But that, yeah. that goes to my um, captivating question because I was going to ask you guys where you sit on there, <laughs> whether oh, you should well, have suspended or not. Like, I, honestly, I honestly felt like both both acts deserved well, – not deserved. I, think, I thought both acts were kind of guaranteed to be suspension, so I was very surprised on the Walters one. Um, yeah. that he got off, I kind of expected both of them to be upheld. Yeah, it's um, the McGovern one, 
I think I would have been happy either way. So, like, suspension, you're like, oh, that's fair enough. But if he didn't get suspended, it still would have been like, oh, you know, fair enough. Yeah. Maybe that's just my um, blue and gold glasses. Maybe. No, I'd, 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 have, I'd tend to half agree with that because it wasn't his fault that the fence was there. But Yeah, I, I, I guess I yeah, it's just the GDX. Yeah, it was a weird one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, but, uh, um, anyway, that's mine. Uh, so my hero and villain, I was, as I said last week, I was at the West Coast Essendon game, and after that, really didn't really feel like watching much football after that. Um, um, so probably, probably didn't really feel like watching much football during it either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Um, so my hero this week is actually outside of football. And because Yell did it last week, um, it's actually Barty for yeah. not only winning the French Open, but for getting the number one ranking. Um, First time in 40 years. Something like that, yeah. I was over yeah. the look, and even like Sam Stozer only got to number four. Yeah. Um, so, congrats to her. She's actually someone that you, um, you feel good looking up to in terms of like in tennis. She's not the female version of Nick Kyrgios, which is a plus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, congrats to her. Uh, but my villain this week does pertain to the uh, West Coast Essendon game, but it's not the game itself, although it probably should be. Um, no, it's... So, at halftime, there were... And actually, before halftime... Throughout the, the game, they were advertising a laser show for the first time ever at Optus Stadium. Right. Yeah. The Toyota. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. I didn't realise it was Toyota. I thought it was just a laser show. So I was expecting something, you know. Something cool. Something cool. Something relatively decent, considering it's a brand new stadium and all that, sort of showing it off. It ended up being like this sort of... 2G, 2, 2G, 2D, hold it, could have been 2G, uh, 2D holographic sort of reflection on the ground itself, on the grass. And yeah, a vast majority of it was for was to promote the Toyota RAV4. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. cool, this is terrible. I actually had, there was a, a section of the crowd, like after they sort of had did it and were showing off the new RAV4 and everything like that. There was a section of the crowd that was actually booing. <laughs> great. That was that topped it. So um, fans will boo anything. Yeah, exactly. And it, I mean, and props to you know up to stadium security for not dragging him off. Um, <laughs> yeah. They were probably joining yeah, so, in. <laughs> yeah. So my yeah my villain this week is Toyota for just like it was that was just terrible. Have you ever realised that like sometimes the marketing for something is just so off the mark that you just yeah. no now I'm just not ever going to buy a Toyota. Yeah, yeah. Because well, I this, mean, I don't drive anyway, so I wasn't planning yeah. on. But you just you know, it's like because yeah. of this Toyota are dead to me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That's that's good. I like your out of the box hero and villain this week. <laughs> hey, something. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> things up for, a little bit because like, so, like i said I, I after thursday night i was just so flat i'm like i i really i try i tried watching the port adelaide 
Geelong game. I watched bits and pieces of that. Um, it was all it was pretty decent, but knowing that oh, in Port Adelaide, Adelaide won, they would, you know, um, move into the top eight and probably solidify themselves there. That was a bit more depressing. So yeah, yeah, gotcha. It was uh, it was pretty good for me because oh well, I took Port Adelaide, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. Geelong maintained their streak, and yep. um, so we're going to maintain one of them. Just have yeah. to be one. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, like, I also you know or whatever it is. Yeah, oh, and I, I almost had a late a late substitution for my hero this week. It almost turned into Aaron Finch last night after beating the beating the Poms. Um, yeah, I nearly put the Australian cricket team as my hero as well. Let's do, yeah, I, but but them. I knew. I knew if I did Aaron Finch, I'd have to have my villain as uh, Glenn Maxwell and Usman Khawaja because both <laughs> just so impulsively terrible. Um, yeah. but England have been terrible anyway. The World Cup. <laughs> Every but other my, World Cup terrible. My, so. actual, my actual hero and villain this week. Uh, my hero probably running with the theme that I went with last week is a key for or a, a forward, um, and it's Charlie Cameron of the Brizzy Lions. Uh, kicked five goals and just absolutely tore St Kilda to shreds. Made them look like that. Well, pretty much has put them in a position where their their coach is massively under fire because it is the worst quarter of football we've ever seen. Apparently, um, yeah. Well, so they weren't at the West Coast Essendon game. Really? Yeah, <laughs> that was that was three quarters of football. <laughs> yeah, not just a single quarter. Yeah. So St Kilda got demolished. I think Brisbane kicked nine goals in a quarter, and Charlie Cameron was just doing everything. Um, well, by doing everything, doing everything in relation to the scoreboard. Um, so he it was. Does a lot of and he, and his little is is it his brother at the West Coast? Yeah, Jared. Yeah, who, who also contributed yeah, a couple of goals the, the on that, yeah. that same round. So maybe, maybe, maybe the Charlie and Jared Cameron show for my hero. Um, that first goal that Jared Cameron kicked, not going to lie, was that was loud at Optus. Yeah. Yeah, it was a um, pretty big surprise that he played. But yeah. seven, seven tackles as well, which is why he was there. Yeah. Not there to kick goals, but he did anyway. He was yeah. the only one that could kick straight. Slide <laughs> from Don from the pocket. Well, he's, he's so good, he's hijacked my hero. <laughs> 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 it, was, it was his big brother that was getting the kudos, guys. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Yeah, it's just been, yeah, we decided to mutiny, so, so, a silent mutiny there, and yeah, and you brought him up. Yeah, yeah. that is true. That is true. So, which brings me to my villain, and he's my villain because when a key forward goes down, you expect another key forward in the same game to step up and carry some of the load. And Brennan yeah. Cox did absolutely yeah. nothing when Jesse Hogan. <laughs> He, he was completely just I, – I didn't see him. I saw him twice um, near the play where he didn't commit to the contest, and I just thought, this is your opportunity as a, as a young kid where your number one forward is out injured to come in and really try and make some sort of impact and, and the name of yourself. And he, yeah. he didn't even let out a whimper. It was, it was terrible. Especially going forward, like, you know it's going to be Hogan and Lobb about one and two. Yep. And then it's either going to be... I think Tabin is probably best place to be the third if they play three. Yep, correct. So none of them are, none of them are in. Nah. 
So, so now's, now's, now's your chance. Fighting for his <laughs> life. And now's your chance to keep him out. And, but, and as a result of it, I mean, fingers crossed Ken McCarthy gets another chance to take it because at least he um, at least he gave some effort, but Brennan Cox was just – he just went missing. Yeah. And it wasn't as if he crashed a pack or anything. He just didn't go near the ball. Like, the ball would come in and he'd kind of pull out of the contest. And I was like, you don't have to get a disposal. Just bring the ball to the ground. Yeah, just jump into people. So, um, yeah, that's why he's my villain. I was, I was really disappointed that he didn't step up. Yeah, especially and, against uh, Stephen May. Stephen May, yeah. He, he played really well, Stephen May. But, yeah. I mean, there's, there's no excuse to not crash in a pack. No, just jump into people, yeah. That's you you're not going to use your body. Use, use what yeah. you've got. Yeah, and he's a big fella too, so it's not like yeah. he's he's not built lightly. He's, <laughs> he's yeah, Frio's key forwards are big, all of them. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, yeah, that that brings us before I get too too mad. And I know Ben had a shocking Thursday night. Uh, you probably could have <laughs> joined me Saturday because I was I was in the dumps. So, um. To we be fair, I didn't really enjoy Thursday that much. It was pretty boring. Yeah, well, I mean, I would have enjoyed it more if they kicked 10 goals 4, not 4 goals 10 in a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> but but even then, it would have been bored after half-time. Yeah, there was a hard. point where I honestly thought that the West Coast were going to win simply by the amount of behinds that they kicked. <laughs> yeah, 20. 22, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Something. Yeah, something insane. I think it was 14 goals, 22. Well, I think yeah. it was, I think I read some stats that only the third time a team has won by so little, scoring that many behinds or something. The margin. Yeah, right. Yeah, 30. Yeah, yeah, the other times where Hawthorne, uh, Geelong beat West Coast by 30 points and they, they kicked a super similar score. And Adelaide did it to someone as well. But yeah, it was like the third lowest score. And, yeah, oh, man, he's a winning margin with that many scoring shots or something. It's some weird quirky stat. Yeah. Shows you the kind of night it was. Yeah, it was a weird quirky game. Yeah, 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 but not in the good way. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Well, you want you want quirky in a good way. How about we turn our attention over to captivating questions? <laughs> <laughs> Sensational yeah. segue into captivating questions. <laughs> captivating questions. So I guess I'll kick things off and give you guys a little bit of time. Yeah, well, um, mine got it already. So. Oh, all right. <laughs> so it probably refers back to the, I guess, the MRO and the, the tribunal. And I know the two blokes that got put up for suspension this week were both from WA. Um, one of them got off and one one didn't, which which met, led me to think, um, is, it, is it non-Victorian teams getting dealt with a bit harshly when it comes to the tribe or to the MRO and tribunal or it's just superstar players that get the rub of the green? I think it's players more than clubs yep. because I can't think of I can't think of an example off the top of my head now but uh, Tom Hawkins got rubbed out last year for touching an umpire yeah mm. but I guarantee you if it was Dangerfield, it would have been fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I feel like it's a lot more based on the individual and their standing in the game. But it, we have it's this weird attitude that people have where it's like, oh, that's fair enough because that's why we watch it. But you don't watch it to watch 
Gary Ablett elbowing people in the head every week. No, not at all. Not at like, you mentioned to watch Gary Ablett actually play football. And only get suspended after three strikes. Yeah. It's the five rule is back. Mm. If you're yeah, no, that was my... Give you three chances. Yeah. I do wonder how often the players actually sort of exacerbate that a little bit. Like, in terms of, if like, like a danger or an ablet or a five or whatever... If they do it once in the season, they kind of know, oh, no, I, can, I could probably do it. I could probably do that and get away with it. But that second, third time I'll, will probably have, do me over. So I wonder yeah. if they sort of play with a little bit more of that freedom to be to be a little bit more physically aggressive. And just simply because of that, they end up, we notice yeah. them more. Yeah. Five so it, just, it just has that. It just has that ongoing effect. Yeah, yeah. Stand the cycle. Yeah. Yeah. So for sure, I think it's players, not clubs, in particular. Yeah, agreed. That, that was my thought. Yeah. Do you want me to fire away with the second one, or? I will. Um. I'll. I just thought of one. I've thought cool. of a couple actually. So. That's great. So we're halfway through the season. The rumour mill is still going strong. Um, it always will. So North have confirmed an offer to John Longmire. I think he's contracted next year. Yes. What What is the chance he leaves to coach North? Uh, this, this year, not next year. So he leaves, at the end, he leaves at the end of the year, goes to North, walks out on the last year of his contract. I I would say it's pretty unlikely because of because of the fact that Sydney and how he got into that position in Sydney in the first place it was under Paul Ruse and that whole yeah. transition Plan thing planned yeah. ahead yeah so I th- I don't think he's the kind of person who has been who has been at that club for so long has been sort of around that kind of culture. And we just out. And then just bail Ross Lyons style. I don't see that happening. I think he would want to be giving Sydney that sort of that, that courtesy of just going, like, you know, at the end of this year, kind of going, look, depending on, then sit down with Sydney and go, depending on how things go next year, I might I might move on to North Melbourne, like, but, and, and that was if North Melbourne, you know, were in need were in need of a coach next year. I doubt it. Well, I'm, I'm uh, hoping they find a coach, and they don't. Yeah, out a coach. No, no, they, they'll they'll sign someone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, it's not Melbourne. Who knows what will happen? You know. But, yeah, I, I'm sort of uh, 30, 70 that'll leave. So seventy percent he'll stay. Yeah. Just going by his sort of non-commitment. To Sydney when he talks, so he'll just say, "I'm under contract." I'm under contract. Yeah, I've never heard him say, "No, I'm not leaving." He just says, "I'm under contract with Sydney." Yeah, but yeah, right. Yeah, obviously, when it's just rumours, you're less likely to sort of take much, pay much attention to it. But and I kind they've, of have confirmed that they've done it. So, and I kind of feel like um. The size of the carrot being dangled in front of him is going to weigh in massively. If he's 
if he's getting a huge pay increase, that's one thing. But it will also depend yeah. on. It's also going to be highly dependent, I think, on how the Swans finish this season and if they look like they're going to progress. Um, yeah, well, we'll be jumping from one club to another club that are pretty much in the same position, you'd think. Correct. Not just on the ladder, because they pretty much are, but you yeah. think going forward, they're pretty much the same. Well, who so, yeah. to get out, to get they paid. are the same at the moment. So who do you think in the long, who in the next five or so years are going to be in a better position? Just to add to that, it's just a captivating question on top of the captivating question. Depends if a uh, horse leaves or not. <laughs> Sydney just had this uncanny knack to develop players really, really fast. Yeah. And yeah. like we were talking about with the redraft, Dane Rampey was a rookie elevation. And Brett Kirk is probably the most obvious famous rookie elevation. Yeah. Um, plus they have the Talent Academy, their New South Wales Academy. Yep. So I'd say... Just based off, you know, recent history is Sydney, but North just kicked out Cameron Joyce as well. Um, their president or whatever he is, um, obviously gave him the honour of resigning. Yeah. So changes a foot at North, and that might be good as well. So I have no idea. So if, but if say from what who they've got on the park, I'd say Sydney. So, say Sydney's got what? Longmire has a, a year left on his contract at Sydney after this year. Yeah, um, one more season. He's been at the club 17 years now. Has he? 17. Uh, that. Uh, sure. Seven, Why not? It was, some, it was some crazy amount of time. Um, he probably was an assistant coach for a, a decent amount of time there because he's been a coach, like just a senior coach there for um, what, at yeah, least so he's, seven years. He took 12. over in 2011. Yep. Yeah. Um, he would have been assistant for X amount of years. So, say say he got there at 2002. Um, he was there for a few years prior to the premiership. Was it yeah. 2002? I'm not sure. I yeah, I'm trying to look. Um, Let's have a squeeze. John Longmire. In 2008, he was their coaching coordinator, but he'd been there. He was there before that. So he finished playing in 1998. Coaching career. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. At worst, he's been there. Yeah, joined in 2002. Yep, 17 years. Oh, there we go. I was bang on. Um, wow. There's 17 years at one club with a year to go. That takes him to 18. Does he yeah. want to sign another long-term contract and be there for, say, 23 years or something? Or does he want a new horizon and something yeah. fresh? So yeah. I think that's going to play into it massively because does he want that extension at Sydney after next year? And if he doesn't, he's probably better to go now when the offer's massive. Yeah, I think so. He, yeah. Here's a better question for you. Yeah. Because um, we don't... I, we're kind of saying 
like Brent said, 70, 30, 70% uh, Longmire staying to fill out that contract. Yep. We're saying he wants a bit, he might want a bit of fresh air after the fact, maybe. Does he go to Essendon if they're failing again next year under Wusher? I, I, as a coach, I'd prefer to go to Essendon um, because I see faster results with Essendon, not not based on Thursday, but <laughs> I, I see a brighter future in the short term with Essendon. I think Essendon are a more attractive prospect, but I don't think they would chase him. I think Essendon would go after someone else, but they would be an attractive prospect with the right coach. Yeah. Yeah, they'd just right. have to table a fairly hefty I'd offer. Be, I'd be keen to see Alistair Clarkson go to Essendon's <laughs> best. <laughs> I'd finally uh, be able to not hate him. 80, yeah, 80% to see the fallout. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah, just, just, yes, you're right. You are absolutely and correct. Can you imagine? 20% to see how quickly they make it to a flag. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. Would, he, would, his, would his hatred for Essendon be so ingrained after being there in at Hawthorne for so long that he would actually try and destroy it from within? Yeah, he would just pull the malt house. <laughs> what better way to destroy a club than... From within. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so we go from talking about destroying clubs to building clubs, um, yeah. which brings us to a redraft of the 2013 draft. So That's if you've been closely with us for the last three or four weeks, we've been doing redrafts of different years, and we're now on 2013, as suggested by Brent last week. So, who wants to fire away with the top 10 picks, excluding rookie elevations and including father-sons? Um, anyone? Who, anyone? Go ahead. Who went first last week? Uh, I think it was Ben. Probably me. I went, yeah, I did a lot of firsts last week. Ben and myself, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, go, I'll go first and I'll cop the, uh, the criticism for my, <laughs> my, my top, top five. Um, so I said before um, off air that my top four I'm happy with, but from five to ten you could pretty much just shuffle around the order and I'd still be happy. That's how sort of even this draft was. Yeah. And until about two minutes before we started recording, I had 17 players in my top ten. So it's <laughs> managed um, to get it's a bit crowded. Yeah. So I'm going to go backwards for suspense. So okay. Yeah. Let's see. Pick 10, I've gone Jack Billings. Yep. Uh, so he's not quite a superstar yet, but he definitely will be. Um, and he's one of the main reasons why St. Kilda is sort of on the upward trend, but he's yep. one of the few who's reliable every week, and you just yep. know you're going to get a good game out of him every week. Sure. Uh, I've got Zach Merritt at nine. Very... Yep. Very similar reason to Jack Billings. Um, he was very annoying on Thursday. It's funny uh, watching. You wouldn't think there was any player, any Essendon players that were annoying, but Zach, <laughs> Zach Merritt was getting away from West Coast midfield at times. Obviously, it didn't 
matter in the end because there's probably 21 players in that team that were useless. And he had no one to kick to, so <laughs> there's only so much the guy can do. He can't, yeah, unfortunately, uh, he can't kick to himself. Yeah, he's not. Um, what's his name? He's not Connor. McKenna. He's not McKenna, yeah. no. no. He couldn't even kick that game, so... Uh, eight, I've got the younger Crouch, who, Matt, by the way, in case no one was clear which one was the younger. Um, I think it's always sort of been established that Brad's probably the more talented of the two, but can never get on the park, whereas Matt's the super reliable one. Um, but I think he's added another string to his bow this year, and he plays a lot more on the outside, which has really helped Adelaide's midfield. Pick seven, I've gone the All-Australian fullback, Alex Pierce. Yep. Um, number six. Number six. Hey. <laughs> he's a two-time All-Australian because he made both our teams. Yeah, yeah. Two-time All-Australian Alex Pierce. So he's not <laughs> going to even be All-Australian because he's injured. <laughs> um, had to fit him in somewhere, Ben Brown. Um, yep. Me and sort of had a – not a debate, but debating – ourselves whether we should include him or not but Nathan totally forgot that he draft was drafted in 2013 yeah I was gonna say I knew he was drafted <laughs> yeah but you look at the last three years he's well what was it 64 goals 61 and he's 34 this this year so he's on track for 60 again the man yeah. knows how to kick goals yeah in a not is the sole forward in a not very good team yeah and yeah 60 goals a year um, I'm going to bring out my blue and gold glasses and put Dom Sheet at five. Um, yeah. I think I think winning a, winning your club a grand final holds a lot of weight. Yeah, that will <laughs> throw you up. Yeah. I've got Josh Kelly at pick four. Yep. Mm-hmm. So this is where I get contentious. Josh Kelly at pick four. I've got Marcus Bontempelli at pick three. Oh, okay. Picked him ahead of Kelly because he's been a very, very good player in a very up and down team. Yep. Um, this is probably the most contentious. I've got Tom Boyd at pick two. Oh, jeepers! Really? Yeah. So I've looked at all the drafts as if their careers ended today, and obviously his has. And <laughs> he well, not today, won. His, he, he won his team the grand final. So that's why I've taken the pick two. You pick. Yeah, but so did don't so did Dom Sheed, and you only put him what? To be fair, I think Bond played a pretty massive role in that as well. Yeah, he did, and yeah. he picked three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you can look at it. Dom Sheed kicked the goal that won the flag, but he wasn't the best on ground, whereas Tom Boyd was. Yeah, he was the major influence when the game needed winning in the third quarter. And I guess the last quarter. Um, and you pick players that you think are going to help you win a flag. And they didn't draft him, but they did well. <laughs> the ball. Probably the best player in the competition at the moment, Patrick Cripps. Ironically, yeah. not in my Australian team. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah, but he had a... He had a lean run when we were picking it. So I think he played three or four average games. 
after the ripper against uh, Brisbane. Yeah, and then that shut me up. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's Tom Sobs is a nice pocket for sure. Yeah, I knew he would be. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I'll... Go ahead, Ben. I was just going to say, I'd, I, w- I would agree with a lot of the names on there. Maybe not so much the placements on a couple of those, but no, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, well, five to ten. You pick in any order, I'd be happy yeah. with the order. Yeah. It was a very even draft, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, you don't, you're don't, you not too disappointed by any of them. Um, yeah, I think there's three star mid three-star midfielders that I'd say we'd all have in the top five, I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> More than likely. We'll see. We shall find out. Yeah. Um, do you want to go next, Nathan? Yeah, yeah, why not? Should I, I'll start from 10 and work my way as well. Yeah. Um, like so good. my pick 10 oh, is... I can't remember where you had friend. I think it was near this. My, my pick 10 was Jack Billings. Um, yeah, 10, yeah. Oh, okay, 10 as well. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, probably similar to yourself. Uh, very good player, but not um, not of the same calibre as the ones at you know, the very top of this list. Um, yeah. But a lot of potential given the team that he's in and and I guess what he's got to work with. Pick nine, I've gone with James Sicily. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I had Sicily in mine and kicked him out for Billings. Because, because you can go, he can go forward and back. Um I've, I've, I've kind of thought along the lines of positioning, and so I was like, oh, James Sisley's flexible. I can move him around, so he's isn't at number nine. Um, my next is pick eight, and it was the halfway year mark All-Australian Alex Pearce. Um, <laughs> two-time All-Australian. Two-time halfway year mark. Does that make him a two-and-a-half-time All-Australian? <laughs> yeah, two half-times. <laughs> it's not two-and-a-half, it's two half-times. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah. so Alex Pierce, yeah, just because he's an absolute star, just kind of starved by injury. Um, he's going under the radar a lot as well, I think, because of who he yeah. plays for. Yeah, oh, for sure. And someone else who's probably been starved by injury that comes in as my number seven is uh, Jake Kelly. Um, so I yes. really like the way he played before he got injured. Yeah. Um, it's... A massive shame because I, I reckon he would have got into any back six in the competition. Um, but the fact that he's gone down with, I think, I think it was an ACL. Um, and yeah. he's coming back very soon, I think. Um, he, he came back and was a bit sore, so they've had to leave him out. But, um, yeah, Kelly Kelly had to get a spot somewhere, and I just thought he, he would have made it into any side in the comp. So pick seven. Pick six, thanks to... Uh, more of an alert from Brent that he was in the draft is Ben Brown. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I need a key forward and if I'm going to pick anyone in this draft to go as key forward, he probably deserves top He went pick 47. Yep. Which is insane. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very lucky. Uh, My pick five is Zach Merritt. Um, I think he's had a... Probably, probably had a bit of a tough start to this year, so it's been hard to take a lot of notice. He's been coming good of late, though, um, and in years gone by, he's been a genuine superstar mid for the Bombers, so um, I thought he deserved a top five. Matty Crouch. Actual All-Australian. Sorry. 
Sorry, go on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maddie Crouch has had to carry a hell of a lot of a load for Adelaide um, with his yeah, brother. You can tell. Missing. Look how much tape he wears. <laughs> <laughs> with his brother missing, Rory Sloan missing for periods. Um, Bryce Gibbs somehow doesn't get games at Adelaide. So Matt Crouch is, yeah. as you said, liable and ever constant in that midfield. And he's yeah. my pick four. I really struggled to put this guy at pick three because um, I do find that he's he's a very, very good player, but arguably overhyped ever since he kicked that goal of the year um, and then obviously won a flag, and that's Marcus Bond and Pelly. Um, I, I think he gets a little too much commentary hype um, with what he does. I, I mean, he... No question, he's he's great at what he does. But any other player that did the exact same thing wouldn't get this the same sort of accolade that he seems to get. Um, yeah, I think probably he sort of stands out because he was that good straight away. Yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. And there was that sort of thought of like, well, how good can he be? If he's already this good at this age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that when he when he danced around the defenders and snapped that goal in the pocket. Um, that, I mean, that was great, and but that that kind of launched him into stardom, and then he just, I don't know, the, the year of the bulldog in twenty sixteen, he was just a colossus, um, yeah. and so, uh, and I guess it probably helped that he's he's touted the bond, so every time he gets the ball, there's a big deal made of the bond has got the ball, like yeah. whereas other players they just get generally they just get their name, so it's not. Big deal made of it. But he's my pick three regardless. This one was hard. Two and one was hard, but I had to go on the fact of um, one has been out of the game a little more often than the other. So pick two is Josh Kelly. Um, He's massively involved in score involvements. I think he's got eight or so a game. Um, Completely different side when he's playing. And when with a side that good to be impacted so much by one player... Is yeah. um, I think that's got to say something. I mean, you could be you could be a massive impact on a team that's rubbish, but for him to make such a big change when he's so good, or when they're so good, says a lot about him. Um, yeah, I think there was some quirky stat last year that was because I think he only played half the games. Yep. And GWS barely won when he wasn't playing, and then as soon as he was, they were they won again. Yep. Yes. And then sort of similar to Toby Green this year, I think. Oh, for sure, yeah. When he's in, they win comfortably. When he's not, it's a bit of a struggle. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and finally, much like yourself, Brent, Patrick Cripps has to go number one because right now I can't pick anyone uh, pretty much in the league that I'd want uh, like instead of him. So it has to be he has to be the best of this draft for now. It's, it's interesting that uh, you put Patrick Cripps at number one immediately after saying all those things about Josh Kelly and being really good at a rub- like in a rubbish team is one thing, but being good at a... Um, yeah, I feel like... I feel like, great, like and it, being this good in a team like GWS is another, and that yet you put him at number two as opposed, as opposed to Patrick Cripps, who is really good in a rubbish team. Yeah, so I think Patrick Cripps, not only does he stand out in a rubbish team, he carries the team as well. So I think it's yeah. the two components of it. It's, it's like you could stand out in a terrible team, but you can't carry a team unless you're an absolute star. 
Yeah, I think the Brisbane game is the perfect example of. Yeah, true. Brisbane's midfield stopped even trying. They were just trying to stop him getting the ball, and they still. Yeah. Yeah, and that that pretty much. I I mean, between those two, it was almost impossible. Yeah. But I just thought Cripps has played more often because Kelly seems to miss through injury a lot, and that always. So, yeah. So, yeah, we thought. So you thought Ben Brown was a steal. Patrick Cripps <coughs> went at thirteen. Which, if you look what, at that, what, sorry, where did he go? Thirteen. What was that? Thirteen. And you look at the people that went around him, and yeah, that's almost highway robbery by Carlton. Yeah. Yeah. Well, considering how many picks in the top ten they've had over recent years, I mean that's. That is a steal for Carlton. Yeah, they've got none of their number one picks right. Well, maybe this one, the last one, but... <laughs> yeah. Their pick 13 is good. <laughs> All right. Um, so I'll get into my top 10 now. Um, <clears throat> follow the trend, be a sheep, and go with, start with number 10 first. Um, gone a little bit differently. Uh, pick 10 for me is um, Aaliyah Aaliyah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Because I actually really, really am a fan of um, his defensive work and what he uh, gives to Sydney. He quite. It could just be when I watch the Essendon games, but quite often when I see him play, he is uh, there as like the third, either the first third defender or is actually you know um, keeping tabs, intercept marking all the time. Um, yeah, his role is that sort of. Drift around and then yeah, intercept when you can. And for someone who's come from where he's come from, the fact that he can play the game so well is just testament to him. Yeah. Um, pick nine, I went Alex Pierce for all the reasons that have been said. Um, pick eight for me was Matt Crouch. Yeah. Uh, pick seven was Dom Sheed. Um, simply for, yeah, winning that GF. Finding team and flag, yeah. Yeah. Uh, pick six, I went James Sicily. Um, and then pick five, I was going to say because I can, but Nathan sort of backed me up here, uh, Zach Merritt. Yeah. Um, I couldn't have, I was thinking about Sicily at five, but couldn't do that. But that would mean you have a Hawthorne player ahead of an Essendon player. That's exactly right, my friend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, having said that, I did put another four players on top of Zach Merritt, so you know. Um, but to uh, be fair, they're probably all ahead of Zach Merritt. Well, yeah, they kind of are. So pick four was uh, Benny Brown. Um, yes. And then these, like the, the the top three, you could sort of mix and match, put match, put them anywhere, and you'd still be right. Um, yes. Three, I had Patrick Cripps. Two, I had Josh Kelly. One, I had Bontempelli. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty... It's almost impossible to split those guys, to be honest. Yeah, yeah when you look at the actual top ten, was Boyd, Kelly, Billings, Bontempelli was four. And then one of the Coladash Jasny... Yes. It's hard, hard to say. Hard to say. Yeah. Matthew Scharenberg, James H., Luke McDonald, Christian Salem, Nathan Freeman. So, yeah. outside, from 5 to 10, eh. 
Yeah, no, it needs some improvement. But that top five, you'd be happy with that if you're at any club getting one of those. On any given day, any of those top four or five could win a game for you. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah, no one's necessarily that much better than anyone else. What I realised looking at the draft, I didn't remember at the time. So Collingwood traded, they did a pick swap with West Coast and they traded pick 11 and a bunch of other picks to trade up to get pick six. So West Coast originally had pick six. Collingwood took Matthew Scharenberg and West Coast took Dom Sheet at 11. Yeah. <laughs> Just thought that was okay. a bit of irony for uh, any Collingwood fans out there. You could so, say that Collingwood that. is the reason um, Collingwood lost the grand final. Yeah, Collingwood generally are the reason they've lost the grand final. <laughs> and, um, Even more so yeah. this time. GWS slayed that draft, aside from Cam McCarthy. But they traded Dom Tyson and a bunch of picks to get pick two. So they knew they were going in and getting the two players that they wanted. Yeah. And uh, Melbourne GWS got... are always very, very good at that sort of talent scouting, though, and knowing yeah. who they want to get. And everyone, blamed, everyone blamed the AFL, but it was all the club's fault for giving all their picks to GWS. Yeah, yeah oh, that was brilliant drafting. I mean, they, yeah. they, they did have a lot of choices when they when they started, but wow, they just yeah, but to maintain yeah. that and come in with a plan of like, okay, if we're going to start with all this, how can we sort of keep that going for as long as possible, kind of thing. Yeah, and, and when you strategy it was great. When you look at some of the players around them that got picked, like say even with Scharenberg and Freeman, um, they they picked those guys, and I mean, they they surely could have. So they've they've drafted brilliantly. The other teams got the duds. Yeah, and um, yeah, so it's probably important to point out why we exclude rookie elevations, because one, you know, they're not real picks. But to some of the rookie elevations from this draft, uh, I'll go in the order that I can sort of see notable ones. There's John Segler, yeah. Matt Tabiner, yeah. Jeremy McGovern, yeah. yeah. Big one. Brett Goods, Rory Laird, Ed Kerno, yeah. Dane Rampey, <laughs> yeah. and uh, Zach Williams as well, pick 95. So when when did these guys? Well, so when did McGovern actually get drafted? Two thousand eleven rookie draft. So West okay. Coast now two thousand eleven because they got Gaff, Darling, Lasset, and McGovern. So so what what pick was he in the rookie, in draft? rookie draft? Oh, God knows. I can look so, it up because I'm yeah. looking at it now. Uh, so pick forty four. Pick forty four. Yeah, okay, yeah, because I was thinking there's so quite a few... Even in the rookie draft, he was mid-tier. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of what my question was going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Um, some of the rookies that we didn't name, interestingly, is Charlie Cameron, who I almost had in my top ten. Yeah, Mav Weller, who you could sort of give or take at any point. Yep. Uh, Ben's mate, Paddy Ambrose. Yeah. Yes. Um, Anthony Miles, Sam Gray, Jake Kelly, Nathan, massive pickup, and I almost included Neville Jetta to Melbourne. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
that's fair enough. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's the rest of our drafting for the, the redraft of 2013. Oh, yeah, and Orazio Fantasia. Yeah, I, I really wanted to put Razzle Dazzle in there, but just couldn't find a spot for him, unfortunately. Yeah. He Your was a steal. Pick 55, traded from Fremantle. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But they would have picked someone dumb anyway. Oh, for sure. We would have taken <laughs> anyone else. <laughs> yeah, anyone. Anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> any, any crab on the list. Um, so that's our 2013 draft. If you have any thoughts on it yourself, please, please go to Facebook and tell us what you would have done differently. You don't have to do the whole draft. You can if you like. Or if you think there's someone that should have been uh, in our list that wasn't, then let us know as well. But it brings us to our next redraft, which I think Ben's picking this time. Oh, okay. Um, Bonus. Well, we've been doing a whole bunch of odd years recently, so I'm going to buck the trend and go 2008 AFL draft instead. All right, I'm going to look that up while we're here. Yeah, 2008 draft. I don't know if there's anything of worth in that draft, but... So, um... Danger was 07. Top 10, Jack Watts, Nat Nui, Stephen Hill, Hamish Hartlett, Michael Hurley, Chris Yaron, Daniel Rich, Ty Vickery, Jack Zeeble, Phil Davis. Ooh, that's gee, not that's bad. Still side, <laughs> side bottom pick 11. Ooh. Um, Tom Lynch, Adelaide Tom Lynch, 13. Zaharakis, Jack Redden, Dan Hannity, Jordan Jordan Ruffett, Liam Seals, Jack Redden, Dane Beams, Dan Hannabry, Liam Jones, Liam Shields. Mm. This goes on. It's going to be a very good draft then. 2008 it is. So uh, please, if you want to join in for the 2008 draft, redraft, um, flick it up on our Facebook, tell us your 10, and we may uh, be able to read those out when we're doing our draft next week as well. Oh, yeah, oh that's a very, good, a very good rookie went in 2009. 2009? Yeah, it was a 2008 rookie draft, but it's held in 2009. Oh, my okay. God. January, I think. Right, okay. Uh, Liam Picken. Oh, <laughs> Luke Bruce, Sam Jacobs. I know he was. A, I know he was delisted and redrafted. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. By Carlton. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. So he was delisted by Carlton, redrafted. Yeah. So no. Oh, and Zach Dawson. Zach Dawson. Ah, oh, Nathan's favourite. Yeah. Pick one. Pick one. Yeah, uh, I'm not. Is there a pick comment. half? Pick zero point five. <laughs> yeah. Priority pick. Priority, yeah. If, priority, extra priority pick. If there was a such thing as refunds on players, I would be <laughs> gone, gone straight to the service desk. Oh, if there was a refund on players, Frio would have ended. There'd be too many refunds. Yeah, they they would have too much money in their salary cap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'd have a lot of exchanges yeah. <laughs> if there's a policy on exchange. I'm very, uh, very interested to see who goes pick one in this draft. 
Yeah. Because those are the guns in this draft that didn't go pick one. Yes. <laughs> Strap yourselves yeah. in, guys. It's going to be a big 2008. Um, yes. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on part one of episode nine, 18, sorry. Episode 18, part one. Uh, please join us whenever you get the chance for part two, in which we will be talking to our predictions for the upcoming round. It is a nine-game weekend this weekend, so Yay! we've got a lot more stuff to look forward to, and you'll get to hear our brave and stupid calls when we have more options to choose from. So thanks for joining us for part one, and if you don't listen to part two, then you might not get the red-hot tips that we're going to give you. Um, you definitely, but... definitely miss out on, on me. So, so red hot that they're actually giving us cancer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, let's hope not. <laughs> but please join us for part two. We will be up uploaded on all formats, all platforms uh, in no time. And in, most importantly, enjoy the footy. Enjoy the footy. Enjoy that footy.